Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 528. And today, we're back in the car to do another car cast. That's what we're calling this, Chris. You excited? I am. Well, I might not look it, but I actually well, <laughs> Now you look pretty excited. We are actually going to be talking today about three different types of content that can bring awareness to your brand and really bring some traffic, some eyeballs. And I think a lot of people don't think or know what types of content that they could or should be creating. And I want to give people the three different types, but I also want to talk about different ways that we can use that content and then also how they can look at their market and see what maybe some of their some of their competition is doing. Um, so with that being said, let me remind you guys on the show notes, the amazingseller.com forward slash 528 will get you over to the show notes, the links, all that stuff that we're going to be discussing. So definitely go check those out. So yes, we are on our way to a conference, which you probably heard from the last episode. This is a continuation in a sense, uh, another topic because we talked about funnels and we talked about a sales process and all that stuff. And then a lot of times people want to know like, well, how do I create content that can also bring people maybe to my brand or to the funnel? So let's talk about that, Chris. I think, and and that's something I want to kind of give a throwback to, you know, and I think it was it's the first episode we recorded on this this little journey here where we <laughs> talked about there's kind of two ways to get eyeballs, right? One is through content creation, through organic yeah. reach, right? And the other one is through paid ads. And if you have a funnel, really what you're doing is, is trying to scale that using paid ads, right? Organic works fine and, and dandy for that, but that's not really why we're creating content. So before we dive into those those three easy ways, Scott, that people can create content, the three types, really. Yeah. Um, why would we create content? Maybe let's start there because yeah. I think this is a scary topic for a lot of people. Yeah. Because especially for those of us who have been selling on Amazon, it's this like really um, mysterious like Pandora's box, if you will, of like all the things that I can do and all of the right. things that I have to do. And I have to write these giant posts and all of these things. Uh, there's a lot of misconceptions about it. So what is the, the main reason that we would create content? Uh, and then maybe we should talk about some of the different ways that people can create it before we even dive into those three types. Yeah, well, I think content is just a way for you to educate, uh, bring awareness to your brand as either being an expert or a reporter. I've always kind of used the, the reporter model. That works really well where if you are you know, in the fishing market, maybe you're not a professional uh, you know, fisherman or maybe you don't classify yourself as an expert, but maybe you want to learn and you want to educate yourself more and you're going to go out there and find other people that are going to be the experts. Uh, maybe it's your learning through that. But really what we're doing here is we're, we're trying to teach people or give people information that they're looking for to make them aware of us. And in this case, lead us or lead them back to our brand um, and really creating a resource. I like looking at it as being a resource. And, uh, you know, my good friend Pat Flynn had said, like, you want to become the go-to resource in your market, right? So just think of it that way. Like, what does your market need uh, to know? And there's a lot of different ways we can do this, and there's a lot of different platforms we can leverage to do this. But really, for me, it's about getting people to uh, to really come across your content that can educate you, entertain you, uh, and really bring awareness to your brand so then they're led to your products and services. 
Sound about right? It does. And I think the other thing, Scott, that people have a misconception about, before we dive into the three types that you and I kind of talked about, and we're, sure. we're trying to see if there's another kind, but really it, it, it breaks down into those three, is like, well, what kind of content do I create? Right. And the answer is, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Right? Like, it, you're always going to, no matter whether it's a podcast like this, this is a piece of content. <gasps> uh, <laughs> whether it's right. a video. Right. Whether it's a blog post, whether it's an email, whether it's just a Facebook post, right? All of these things are types of content. I would say start where you feel comfortable and then try some of the other stuff to see what happens, right? Obviously, if you don't want to be the visible face of your brand, you probably can't record videos, right? right? Uh, unless you're going to do it, you know, with like a talking head picture and, uh, you know, just recording the audio or something weird like that. But you can choose whichever thing you feel most comfortable with. The one that most people are probably the most familiar with is a blog post, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Anybody that's been around selling stuff on the internet for any period of time has, has heard of a blog post or heard of a blog. It's basically a news article, right? Mm -hmm. That we write and we put on our own website. You can do that. But if you hate writing... Like you, I do. You don't have to do that. Right. It's one of the reasons this podcast exists. Exactly. <laughs> it's because you could have written a blog on it, but you said, I don't want to write. I'd rather just talk. I'd rather talk. Oh, look. That's what we're doing right now, right? And so pick the thing that you feel comfortable with. But no matter which method you're using, right, which which delivery system you choose, mm -hmm. there's really three kinds of things that I would say are probably the cornerstone of any any content strategy that people should have. And the first one for me is probably also the easiest if you've been in the market for any period of time, and it's frequently asked questions, mm -hmm. right? What are the questions that your audience is asking? And... What are the questions that your audience isn't asking but probably should be? Mm. And there's a lot of those kinds of things that, that, that pop up. Um, one of the things that I always bring up when we talk about this, and I, I believe I talked about it in a previous podcast. Maybe it was the one with our, our buddy Aaron from uh, Jennings Apiaries, but it was a strategy that we called the 10-10 strategy. And it came, it's, it's been around on the internet for a while, but it was like, if I was going to start a blog and I wanted to create the minimum amount of content that I needed, what should I do? And it was answer the 10 questions that people ask most frequently about that market and then answer the 10 things that people aren't asking but should be about yeah. that market. That gives you 20 pieces of content. That's that's a war chest of content yeah. if you can create that. And quite honestly, anybody can probably do that. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, and I would just say also just so you don't overwhelm yourself, like number one, you sit down and think about the questions that either your customers are going to ask um, and, or maybe they have asked. Maybe you're already in business and look at your Amazon listings and look, your competitors. Exactly. Look at all of the, the questions. Yeah, are there. I mean, you can even go to the questions section of your Amazon listing or your competitors and see what people are asking. And then from there, you start to create that content because if they're asking it there, they're probably asking it other places. Um, you know, and then you can start to publish that. So this way here, you have that resource in a sense. And then there's always questions, like Chris said, that people should be asking, but they don't know yet enough to ask. So you have to almost educate them through that process. Um, but that's a great place to start. And again, if, if you don't want to write them uh, and you would rather talk about them because you're better at talking, well, talk and then have it transcribed, right? I mean, that's a super easy way to do that. Uh, there's some services out there. What's what's one that you would recommend, Chris? Uh, uh, there's there's two. One would be Rev.com. Yep. Uh, it's about a dollar a minute, I think. Mm -hmm. But they actually have people look at it. Um, yeah. And so those those tend to come back a little bit better. The other one is Temi, T-E-M-I.com. 
Uh, and that's something we've used a little bit recently. Yep. Uh, it's 10 cents a minute, but the transcript is 100% automated. So you do have to do a little bit of cleanup to it. Uh, but basically, they have a computer go through, right? And, yep. and kind of read everything back to you. And I would say, you know, that's 85, 90% accurate based mm -hmm. on, on what I'm saying, as long as you're speaking clearly. Well, that's the thing, um, right? You, and and yeah. even as fast as you and I speak, Scott, that was able to do, you know, 85, 90%, which is pretty good, especially for yeah. 10 cents a minute. And if I don't mind doing a little bit of cleanup, because I'm going to want to reformat that anyway. Right. I'm going to put it into a blog post. So I, I'm going to go through and just make sure that the language all makes sense. If it picked the wrong word, then I'll have to just go change the word, right? Right. But either one of those would work to do that. And you could do that pretty easily. The other thing that you could do, Scott, is if you don't want to have it transcribed, you could actually take it kind of one step further. And it, it's probably going to cost you a little bit more. But if you really don't want to do any writing at all, uh, but you want to have a really well-written post, you could go somewhere like Upwork or Odesk, mm -hmm. which, is, or, which is Upwork now, I guess, uh, yeah. Elance or Odesk, yep. or probably even Fiverr. Now, I probably wouldn't go to Fiverr, but there, you know, any, any place where you can outsource anything yeah. uh, and say, hey, I'm going to give you just an audio dump of these 10 things, and I need you to turn each one of those rants into a blog post for me. And you'll find somebody that'll do it for a couple bucks for you. Yep. Um, yep. And quite honestly, ninety percent of the time, that's good enough to get started. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I love that. Uh, again, you know, we think to ourselves, "Wow, well, ah, it's a lot of work." I don't. There's probably things that you can do right now that wouldn't be a lot of work to you. It's just you have to think a little differently. And us coming on here and doing this is is whole as, as I'm hoping to really open your eyes to what you can do. And I think that in a brand, it's almost necessary nowadays, I think, to have these pieces of content because there's a lot of cool things that happen when we create these pieces of content. Number one, we're creating more real estate on the internet, right? On Google and any other search engines for that matter. And, you know, we're not going to get into all of the optimization stuff, but even if it's not fully optimized, you're still uh, being indexed on Google uh, in your market. And you have also more pieces of real estate that you can then direct people to. If they have a question, say, oh, we already answered that over here at this on this blog post or on this frequently asked questions section or whatever. And it's another great resource for your brand. Um, and I think that that's really important. So, uh, and you know, the other thing is, uh, you know, going into different formats. And I think we'll talk about that a little bit later, but I mean, heck, you may even be sitting on, uh, you know, a podcast, maybe your brand, uh, could support a podcast. And then that's a whole nother way for you to, to get out that content. And then once you create that content, guess what? It's an audio file, just like on this podcast. It's transcribed. It has show notes, all of that stuff. That stuff is done by my editor now. Didn't happen in the beginning, but now it does. Um, so again, you might be able to do that. And then you get some iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play and all that stuff, um, which is pretty cool. Um, but again, there's a lot of different options out there. But that's, again, going a little bit deeper. But that's the first type of content is really like FAQs. Yeah. Right? And I think that's that's probably the easiest for everybody to create because you guys are all selling, right? Like if you're if you're at a point where you're going to be creating content, I would hope that you're selling. This is this is phase two stuff in, in yeah. terms of what we've been talking about, yeah. right? Now, we kind of did it simultaneously in the new brand, but we had somebody who could do that, right? Like, right. Our partner is able to actually create that content for us. And so we did that from the jump because we knew how beneficial it was. And just to kind of clarify for people, like this is not uh, something that's like not measurable, right? I mean, if you look at just the numbers in the first year, we were right around 500,000 website visitors. Yeah, uniques. Right, unique website visitors in the first year. Half of that came from search and half of that came from social. 
without us really doing anything other than creating kind of these little snippets of content and then cross-posting them on our blog. In our case, it didn't. Uh, most of this stuff didn't start out as a blog post. It started off as a, a quick Facebook video or something like that. Yep. And then it got turned into a little bit of a longer form post so that we could take advantage of the, the search engine value of that content mm -hmm. and post it on the blog. And quite honestly, we're completely under-optimized there. We haven't done any of the... Uh, we've done some of the, the quote-unquote technical stuff, right? But very basic, In, in terms of getting that right. Yeah. But we haven't done any outreach for links or, like, any of the no. stuff that, you know, that in my background I know would potentially explode that content. Um, and why aren't we doing that? Because <laughs> we have 900 <laughs> balls in the air, Scott. Um, no, and that that is definitely something that we are taking a look at for, for this year. Right? Yeah. For this year in this brand. Um, but that being said, right, there's that's the, the easy place to start. Right. Because we actually, if, if you have an Amazon listing, you've gotten questions from people. Mm -hmm. So start there and, and start creating that kind of content. Post it on your site. Post it wherever. Uh, and, and start to see what the feedback is going to be. It's not going to be this giant win up front, right? right? Just like what we talked about in the, in the funnels and the ads, right? It's a very slow build, generally speaking, uh, to see. And if you... If you your mom and one other person see that first post, that's good. Right. Uh, if you, your mom, and 10 other people see that first post, that's fantastic. <laughs> right? Um, but start there mm -hmm. and then move on to one of these other two types. And the, the second type that I would kind of urge people to take a look at would be the how-to type content. Yeah. Um, this is the stuff that people who are more into the niche that you are in are going to start searching for, right? That the 10 questions everybody should ask and the 10 questions they should be asking but aren't is really going to appeal probably more directly to those buyers, right? Mm -hmm. The people who are either brand new to the space and, and are looking for your product for the first time or are, you know, just kind of generally interested in, in the space uh, and are just hearing about kayak bass fishing for the first time. They go, how does kayak bass fishing work? Right? Right. Do I stand on it? Do I sit on it? That's probably one of the, the 10 questions that, that gets asked all the time. Right. It's a question that I have, and we've been talking about the niche for six right. months. Uh, <laughs> we should actually probably figure that out. Uh, <laughs> the, the second type would be the how-to, right? How do I catch a fish from a kayak? Right. That's going to be something that somebody who's a little further into it, they understand the general concept of kayak mm -hmm. bass fishing, but they don't understand some of the, the more fine details of that. Right. These are going to be people who are there's there's a lot more of these types of people, I think, of course, at, yeah. at any given time. Right. And there's also a lot more questions that we can answer in this area. Mm -hmm. We can create hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pieces of content in this area. How do I use a certain lore, you know, insert insert lore name here to to catch insert fish name here, right? There's a million variations of that article right. you could write that are all useful to the people who are looking for how to catch a bass at night with a night crawler. Right. Right. I'm assuming all of those are fishing things. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. And so we can create hundreds of those articles, and those are actually pretty easy to figure out as well. And the the thing that I would do is I would go to Google, first of all, mm -hmm. and let autocomplete tell me what some of those things are. You could also use something like the Google Keywords tool, uh, keywords.io. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we'll, we'll help with that if you type in, you know, how to plus the, the keyword, right? How to I think another fish. one is YouTube. Yeah. YouTube, YouTube is a would big be one. the third one. Yeah, as a big one because, again, they're going to autofill. And, uh, I mean, let's face it, YouTube is a how-to search engine for the most part. I mean, you're going there to – I just did it the other day to figure out how to shut off my – or reset my water filter on my refrigerator, <laughs> literally. 
and a lady made a blog post and a video and she helped me and I went there and it had like I don't know 150,000 views on that thing because so many people were looking for that now did I buy anything from her no but guess what her link was to the water filters she's an Amazon associate affiliate basically for those water filters so if I found her video and then I clicked on her link went over to Amazon she's gonna make money through Amazon um, but again that's a how-to approach uh, that's how it works and I think the thing that's interesting about finding that content through YouTube is you get to see what really resonates with that audience yeah too. you get to look at the numbers because <clears throat> you can see the actual numbers of, of everything that's going on right you know that that's probably popular or at least that model of refrigerator is popular because it mm -hmm. got 150,000 views so if I was writing stuff about refrigerators that might be one that I look at right versus writing a how-to article for something that gets you know 10,000 views or 5,000 exactly. views um, I'm going to focus on the, the things that give me easy kind of ROI, right, yeah. in terms of, of potential. And again, it doesn't really matter what method you use to create that content. You can create it with whatever you feel comfortable. Now, obviously, the more methods you use, the better off it is. Ideally, and this is just something coming off the top of my head here, Scott, but ideally, in a perfect world, you would create a video for these, right? Yep. And then you could take out the audio, and that could be a podcast. Mm -hmm. And you could take the transcription and turn that into a blog post. And then you yep. have three kinds. Yep. Right? But you don't need to do that. Right. You can create one and go from there. Right. Or if you're creating video, then maybe you do go through that process. Well, if you're yeah, if you're creating video, you you definitely should be posting that on YouTube. YouTube is a is a you know it's a, a search engine for how to for the most part and it's evergreen, right? So there's you're always going to have traffic, new traffic coming in there, especially if it starts to get ranked. The other cool thing that you do with the video is you then embed that into your blog post. So someone might find the blog post and then they're like, oh, cool, um, there's a video. I'm going to read the, I'm going to watch the video too. Or maybe I want to watch instead of read because if I go there and I see there's a recap of the blog post on video, I'm going to watch the video versus read because I don't like reading much, right? So they're, they're hitting me at both angles and I'm cross-linking in a sense to where YouTube is pointing a link over to my blog and then my blog is pointing over to YouTube. So we get a little cross, uh, you know, linking there as well. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think how-to is pretty self-explanatory, right? Yeah. I mean, if you guys need more ideas on where to get ideas, go to anything that's a search engine and use the autocomplete with the exception yeah. of probably Amazon, right? Amazon might not be the place right. for, for how-to stuff. YouTube, definitely. Google Keyword.io, Google Keyword Planner. Any of those kinds of things will be able to help you out with that. Scott, the third, the third kind of content that we talked about that's kind of a cornerstone, and it's something that uh, might be interesting for some people because it's not something that necessarily comes to mind right away, but is what, we're, what we've been calling like reviews or comparisons, right? Do you yeah. want to dive into that for a second? Yeah, and these could be even unboxing, right? Like unboxing videos, and they could be your product, of you saying like, yeah, we just got our new whatever in, and I kind of wanted to show you inside of what it, you know, what it, what's in, you know, what's included and how it works, how it functions, and from there you might even want to um, do a comparison. You could do a comparison of maybe one that's currently selling, and then the one that you created is better because of X, Y, and Z. Uh, you know, again, uh, your your. You're giving the pros and cons, um, but in this case, you're really using your own product. Um, now, with that being said, some people might be like, well, I don't really want to do that against, you know, like I don't want to take my competitor's product and make the people aware of that product. Well, that's fine. Then just do a product review of your own, right? Talk about the pros and cons of, uh, 
well, I guess you wouldn't really want to talk about the cons too much, but you shouldn't have any cons well, if you have a really good product. The, the pros and the, the uses in which it wouldn't be appropriate, right? It, and that, that's, and that, that's your con. It's not necessarily a con, yeah. if that makes sense. But. Yeah, well, it's like, you know, it works really good for the kayak. It can work for a regular pontoon a, a boat, canoe. Too, or a canoe, <laughs> but it's not going to work as well because we, we've specifically designed it for the kayak. Right. Something like that. If you're a canoe bass fisherman, this is not for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we're starting to get into some traffic <laughs> now, so we're going to slow up here a little it's bit. A, it says 22 miles in 46 minutes. So that bodes well. Yeah. Um, you know, the the other kind of, like, review slash comparison content that you sh- can and probably should be creating when you start thinking about creating content for your brand is around products that you don't sell but that are in your niche. And that's the thing, especially if you're using the reporter method, right, Scott? Like, if we are a kayak bass fishing website and we sell lures and tackle boxes and all that kind of stuff, yeah, it probably makes sense for me to put in front of my audience the things that are not competitors but that they are also interested in, like the newest fishing rod yeah. for kayak bass fishermen, the newest kayak for kayak bass fishermen, mm-hmm. right? All of those kinds of things. Now, you might be saying, well, I don't want to spend $500 on a kayak for kayak bass fishing. Um, but you don't even have to necessarily have it to review it, right? And you and I were laughing because I sent you a picture. I think it was at uh, True Value. It was at a hardware store. Mm. And they had a kayak best fishing kayak sitting outside. And I sent you a picture <laughs> of it because yes, I thought did. it was hilarious. But you could do a video standing there looking at it and reviewing it and look up the material that it's made out of and all of those kinds of things and give your thoughts on it as the reporter in that space. Here's the pros and the cons of all of these things related to this. Mm-hmm. And then guess what you can do? You can link to it with an affiliate link. You can do whatever you want to do. But the thing that's interesting when you start to do that is you draw in different groups of that that 3% of people, right? So we've talked in the past about the 3% of people who are interested in any given thing at any given time, right? They're looking actively for a kayak to buy for their kayak best fishing. They may not be aware of you who sells lures because they're not looking at lures. They're looking at kayaks. And when you do a comparison of the top three kayaks, they find your website. That then gives you the opportunity to actually create an experience for them. If you're creating good content, they're probably going to come back, right? The mm. next time they have another question because they're going to go to kayakbestfishing.com because the last time I had a kayak best fishing question, they were able to help me out. And so now when they're ready to buy a lure, they're already familiar with you. The other reason that that's important is we're getting them on that website to begin with, which means we have an opportunity to capture their email address, which gives us the ability to market directly to them. Right. right. So by talking about things that are related, but not necessarily our product specifically, we can do a lot of that review or comparison type of content without having to, to have that weird feeling uh, that we're pumping up our competitors or, or kind of patting down our Yeah, it's product. not necessarily a product that you're selling or even going to sell. Uh, perfect example, let's say that you are selling camera accessories, right? Well you're going to probably want to do reviews on the latest cameras that your attachments work with, right? Or certain lenses. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, so you're going to want to use those because you're not going to sell those, but your product works really well with those. That would be a great example of doing that. Uh, because again, you're getting the attention of your market. Uh, and <laughs> if you're reviewing cameras, guess what? You're going to be able to put an associate's link there uh, from Amazon. And if someone buys a $1,000 camera, you're going to get maybe 4 to 6% commission, you know, for basically just someone clicking on your link. Um, so that's another way to, uh, to monetize that and then also get people that are interested in your, uh, in your, you know, your products and services and, and things that you offer. 
Um, so that's, I, I would definitely look into doing that in your market. Here's another thing to consider. And I've been really, uh, really noticing this a lot just by talking to, to various people, um, just randomly. Uh, my my uh, pool company that services my pool, right? So I have this girl, she comes in every week, every Friday, and she balances the chemicals and she, you know, does a little bit of vacuuming, whatever needs to be done, she does it. So she's an expert technically with chemicals and she's kind of like a chemist in a sense. She has to know what she's doing. And she had told me that her husband is in or a, a Jeep mechanic. And the reason why she said that is because our Jeep was parked in the driveway. So right away I'm thinking, well, if I was in the Jeep market, I could reach out to this girl and her husband and say, hey, would you want to do some content for me and I'll pay you, right? And then they could do some YouTube videos or whatever, or just not even just do video and I'll put it up on YouTube. Um, same thing with the pool stuff. Maybe I'm selling pool accessories. I could say to this girl, hey, you want to make an extra 300 bucks? Show up once a week and we'll record three videos and I'm going to pick your brain with the most common, commonly asked questions about maintaining your pool and what people need to know about this, that, and the other thing. Boom. I can almost guarantee she would like be ecstatic with that. She would love to make an extra 300 bucks, right? Would that be worth it for you to create video with that expert? Yeah, of course it would, right? So I just want people to, you got to think outside the box, even if you're not the content person, you, you have to figure out the way to get in, in front of the right people. So this way here, you can create that content and deliver it to your market. And I think, you know, going back to the real estate conversation, each one of these little pieces that we create, whether it's a review, whether it's an FAQ, whether it's a how-to, right? They're each our own little piece of real estate. Yeah. And every time we can kind of chip away at that, we have another place that we're, we're potentially getting in front of people. Mm -hmm. Even if we do it mediocrely. Right. <laughs> it doesn't have to be amazing. Now, obviously, we want to make it good. Right. But it doesn't have to be, like, the most awesome thing ever about how to balance pool chemicals. Right. It just needs to be good mm -hmm. enough, right? We, right? we need to get it in front of people, and it needs to make sense, and, and we need to see what happens. Um, we're, we're securing our, another little piece of real estate, and every time we do that, we, we start to create this flywheel effect, right? And, and we've seen that in the brand, and it's the, the reason that even though we're kind of just repurposing content from Facebook and putting that on our blog, we've been able to get 500,000 unique visitors in less than 12 months, or right around 12 months. Right. And so that's 500,000 people. Now, some of those people obviously follow us on Facebook or on our email list or whatever, but not all of them, right? No. You know, we have 28,000 people on the email list. Okay. We have a couple, you know, what let's call it 20K on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So, okay, that's 450,000 people that never saw us before. <laughs> right? right. Like, right. That's, that's what we're talking about. So we just got in front of 450,000 people that we wouldn't have otherwise gotten in front of. And we've now created an opportunity to sell to each of those people. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to mention here really quickly and just kind of give a little uh, couple side tips here. If you are creating video and whether that's on Facebook and now if you're creating video too, by the way, um, you can upload that video. I suggest uploading that video to Facebook uh, natively, basically directly, directly to them. Um, and if you're going to create YouTube videos, which you should, then upload those to YouTube. What you want to do, though, in these videos is you definitely want to deliver the value and the content right up front. Tell people exactly what you're going to be talking about and what you're going to be sharing. We call this the hook, right? Their attention span, like Chris had said earlier, like goldfish. 
right? Not that long. So immediately we got to tell them what they're going to be taught, you know, what they're going to be taught, what they're going to be learning. So in this case, maybe it's like, hey guys, I want to jump on here real quick and I wanted to tell you exactly how you are going to be able to save you know, 50% of your salt for the year in your pool because there's one thing that a lot of people don't do that I want to share with you here today. So if that's even a thing, I don't even know if that's a thing, but let's just say it was, right? Or let me show you how you can spend less money on chlorine this year with these three simple tips, right? So you're telling them exactly what you're going to be sharing with them and then you deliver it, right? Immediately. And then towards the end, you're going to then want to give them a call to action. Something like, if you liked this video, like it, share it, or if you're on YouTube, hey, do me a favor, if you thought this was helpful, you know, uh, thumbs up, whatever you do on YouTube, like it, uh, or comment down below. Let me know if you guys enjoyed this. If you have any other questions, let me know. Try to get them engaged. But a lot of people don't know and realize how to kind of construct that video. It really is simple. Hook. Tell them exactly what you're going to teach them and keep it simple into one thing. Don't try to put a whole bunch of different topics into one episode, right? Break that up. And uh, it would just be, again, the hook, what you're going to deliver, deliver it, and then a little call to action. Done. Very, very simple. So anything else you want to wrap up with here before we officially sign off? No, I think that's good. You know, it's interesting. You were talking about the hook. So, Scott, what was the hook in this episode? Well, this hook here was really three types of content that you should be or could be creating for your brand to gain a vis you know, visibility or traffic. Um, I forget what the exact title was, Chris, because we're here in the car. But that, you know, but I mean, the, the, the thing is, is we're going to show you three types of content that right. you should be creating in your brand to get traffic, period. Right. And, and it, I think we delivered. And that we, we told you what we were going to give you. We gave it to you, and then we told you what we gave you, right? Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's really the, the reason you do that is because that's how people absorb information, right? right? You have to get them to consume the thing first. Yes. And human beings, by nature, want to know exactly what they are going to get at any given time. Yeah. We, some of us like some surprises to some extent, mm -hmm. but when it comes to learning things, we don't like to be surprised, right? We want to know what we're going to get because we want to know if it's going to be worth our time. Exactly. And so that would be where I would focus each of those things, whether it's a review, a comparison, an FAQ, whatever that is, right? Focus on that hook and that thing that you're going to give people. What are they going to walk away with? Well, if it's, an, if it's a how-to, it's pretty obvious. They're going to learn how to do something, right? right? If it's an FAQ, they're going to learn the answer to a question. Or they're going to learn the answer to multiple questions, right? Focus on that, and it makes creating that content, whether it's a video, a podcast, a blog post, however you're creating that, it makes doing that process so much easier. Yeah, and you know, ask people too. If you have a Facebook page or a group, ask people questions. Like, you know, yeah. what are what are the five things that you wish you knew about, you know, catching more bass uh, when you were started? Like, whatever it is, right? Ask your ask your email list. Like, ask them, and they will tell you, and then that will be your content. Again, go to YouTube, go to Google, type in how to, and then your keyword or your market. Um, and then you'll start getting frequently asked questions. Chris, what's that other resource where you can go and kind of see like some of the top posts? Um, is it uh, BuzzSumo? BuzzSumo. BuzzSumo. It's another resource for you. And again, here's the call to action, guys. Head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 528, right? Weird. 
Is that 528? 528. Yeah. So that's the call to action. Go there and get the show notes and the transcripts, and we will link everything up there. So see, I'm getting you over to the blog. Um, there's nothing really to buy there, but you can go there and you can get more information and, and actually make this experience even better for you because you're going to want to probably see this stuff in a checklist type form. That's what the show notes are for um, and, and all of that stuff. So that's why we do that here. All right. Uh, so that is pretty much going to wrap up this episode as long as we're still recording and Chris just checked and we are so good. You will be hearing this. And, uh, I just want to remind you guys about, you know, the content. Just think about what your market needs, what they want, and deliver it. And everything else will become a lot easier. You don't have to stress about creating everything up, up front. Just know that you have to start somewhere. Start with those 10 questions that you know the market is asking and then 10 that they should be. I think that's a great place to start. Sit down, take a pad of paper out, and start with that process. And maybe even take a pad of paper out and start looking at YouTube or Google and seeing what they're suggesting that you put out there, or even BuzzSumo for that matter. All right, so that is going to officially wrap this up. The show notes can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 528. And uh, as always, guys, I'm going to remind you on the road here with this uh, car cast that Chris and I are doing, remember, as always, I'm here for you, I believe in you, and I'm rooting for you. But you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Say it Say it with me in some traffic today, Chris. Are you ready? <laughs> Let's do it. One, two, three. Take, Take action. action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you on the next episode. Take care, guys. Hopefully we make it back. <laughs>